To make it in cannabis, first you must dare to. Twelve years ago, MJ BizCon dared to unite the global cannabis community, igniting a movement that continues to thrive. So let's grow together this November 28th through December 1st in Las Vegas. You'll hear incredible stories, see groundbreaking innovations, and forge connections you need to thrive in 2024. But wait, snag your ticket to MJ BizCon in October. And you are eligible for the 31 days of giveaways and promotion going on right now. So hurry, get your ticket today. And here's a secret. Podcast listeners get 10% off with promo code 23POD10. That's 23POD10. Don't miss out. Get your ticket at mjbizcon.com. That's mjbizcon.com. Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. We would like to reach as many people as possible to share the stories of those around the world who have used cannabis with great success, and you can help us out. All you have to do is share our podcast with those on your social media platforms or give them our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. To those who have already done so, Corey and I would like to thank you for your support. And today we're talking to a woman who has battled cancer on and off for a remarkable 28 years. She did conventional treatment, but it always came back in some form or another. But a friend introduced her to cannabis oil. She, she got her life back after that. And just before Christmas last year, 2020, she got all clear. Joining us from Connecticut to tell her story is Jennifer Maloney. Jennifer, it's great to have you on the program, and it's great that you got the all clear last Christmas, just before Christmas. Was uh, that exciting for you? Um, it was obviously very exciting for me. I, I really, quite frankly, didn't believe it. I was in shock for days. Um, I remember when the phone call came, I, um, I had an oncologist who had been treating me for since his residency, believe it or not, uh, for many, many years. And we always had a deal with each other um, that he would keep me alive until my daughter turned 18. That was that was my deal. When he got when he got me as a patient, I'd already had cancer a couple of times. Um, we were kind of in the midst of a big, bigger battle than the ones prior. And I just begged him to keep me alive until my daughter was 18. And uh, he called me up. I'm getting a little emotional because he called me up. He subsequently moved. He left Connecticut and moved to California but is still very involved in my care. And he called me up and I thought to myself, uh, this is not good if he's calling me with the results. So I was prepared for not the news that I got. And I answered the phone and he said, well, Jen, and by the way, my daughter just turned 18 this year and uh, in October. And he said, Jen, you know, we had a deal. The deal was I keep you alive until your 18, daughter's 18 years old, till Maddie's 18 years old. And uh, she just turned 18. And I said, yes. And he said, um, and he started crying. And he said, um, I'm calling to let you know that there's your cancer's gone. 
there's no evidence of disease right now in anywhere in your body. And I just literally almost drove off the road. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And it was uh, quite a call to get. And then I, <laughs> then I tried to call my mom to tell her and I was crying so hard that I couldn't get the words out to her. And she assumed that my tears were because the results were bad. And she's like, it's okay, honey, we're going to deal with this. We've got this. We've done this. We know how to battle this beast. And I was like, kept trying to say to my mom, no, mom, I'm trying to tell you it's gone. This stuff, this Rick we've been doing for almost a year worked. And so, yeah, it was, um, it was mind blowing information to get from my doctor to say the least. Jen, where, where was the cancer this time around? Yeah. So I was diagnosed this past, this, this most recent battle, um, was metastatic breast cancer. So it started in my breast years ago, uh, and had metastasized a couple of times in this particular time we were dealing with metastatic breast cancer in my, my, uh, lung, my brain and in my hip in my bone and my hip. Wow. And all of that yeah. is gone. It's all gone. It's all gone. It's yeah. And the story is even a little bit crazier because, um, about a year ago, um, you know, the cancer had come back and. I've had so much chemo on and off for 28 years that we're at the point now where it was kind of choosing the lesser battle, the chemo. My doctors were all concerned that what was going to start happening is the chemo would actually start killing me. And it, you know, over the years, it does a number on your body. It's poison. And um, it just wreaked havoc throughout, throughout my body. And this past diagnosis about a year ago was um, really brutal because they literally looked at me and said, we don't know what to do. And the only thing we know how to do is give you more chemo and the chemo might kill you. We don't even know. So I said, you know what, let's just do it. Whatever we need to do, just do what you have to do. So I was on five different chemos, um, alternating. So they were just basically trying to trick the cancer, if you will, by alternating the chemotherapies that they were using. It was probably the worst it, it had been in terms of side effects. It was a really, really tough, tough five months on that chemo. And, uh, that's when I met Carmen. And, you know, Carmen said to me, Jen, you've got to try this. And I said, no, I can't, you know, I'm in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, I get drug tested for work all the time. This is going to work. The chemo's worked for 28 years. I kind of had that mindset of this is what's kept me alive for all this time. So um, I wasn't willing to give it up. I wasn't emotionally ready to give it up. But I did after a lot of coaxing from Carmen, I did and her husband, Jeff, I did finally agree to add it into my therapy. And so I did Rick Simpson with the chemotherapy um, and a could not believe how much easier it was to tolerate the chemotherapy with the Rick Simpson. For me, I thought that was the home run. I was just like, wow, I could do this. I was able to continue to work. I was able to continue to be there for my family. It completely turned around my tolerability for the chemo. And I thought, okay, well, this is worth it just for this. I can live while I'm doing this. So um, I had an immediate response in terms of side effects. And then I went to get a, you know, a scan and my doctor said, wow, everything's shrinking. And interestingly, it's all shrinking at the same rate. It was something he had never seen before. And by the way, my doctor was very supportive of me adding um, the Rick Simpson in with my therapy, which made it a lot easier for me. I know Carmen and many others don't have that experience, but I was lucky that I did. Jen, and, can I just interject for listeners' sure. sake and let them know that when you're referring to Rick Simpson, what you're referring to is cannabis extract or cannabis oil extract. Correct. I'm sorry. Yes, I should have said that. Yes. Yeah, no, not, not a problem. Yep, that's exactly what I'm referring to. 
so um so here we were you know the cancer was actually getting better which we really weren't expect we wasn't expecting and my side effects were really good so we just kept going and then covid hit and i got covid uh last march and um really badly because of my compromised immune system and in fact my oncologist thank god is as bright as he is He's, he had been pitching in on the COVID floor at the hospital. So he he had seen what was going on. And he said, I don't want you anywhere near here. He goes, I don't even know if they'll give you a ventilator because of your cancer status with your lungs. And that was back when they were concerned about not having enough ventilators. And um, the, they, they weren't really knowing much about COVID. So he sent me home with oxygen and steroids and IV steroids. And he said, lay on your stomach, use your oxygen and walk as much as you can. And don't stop taking your Rick because they had to stop my chemo at that point. And uh, I went home and my daughter and her boyfriend uh, moved in while my daughter lived here, her boyfriend moved in and uh, they took care of me. The two kids took care of me for seven weeks, making sure that uh, I was okay. And I was very sick and my O2 levels were extremely low. I should have been in a hospital. I should have been on a ventilator. But we just kept uh, plugging through. And I said to them, no matter what happens, make sure I get that Rick every day. And by the way, I'm on the couch anyway. So you could give me as much as we could. I could take as much as I need to. I don't need to go anywhere. So How much I, were you taking, Jen? So when I was on, um, when I was on, when I had COVID, I was up to about a gram and a half a day. I was really, really, you know, giving it to myself. And all t taking it all orally? And suppository. And suppository. And so you would do it, what, three times a day? Three, four, yeah, four times a day, sometimes in the middle of night, even if I woke up, I would just take it. I just was kind of like round the clocking it because I, I was just scared. You know, it was the first time I wasn't having any chemo and I just was, I knew it wasn't going to hurt me. I, you know, take, it's not like you could take too much, but you know, I just kept taking it and taking it. Yeah. And I would say I was doing a gram and a half a day. Some days probably, I mean, I might've been even up to two grams some days, to be honest with you. Were you Good sleeping you. a lot? Sleeping a, lot. <laughs> sleeping a lot, um, which was good too, because quite frankly, um, it did make me sleepy, obviously. And the best position for me to be in while I was, um, while I had COVID was to be on my stomach, which is not a comfortable position for me to be in, but, um, I was able to do it, um, on, you know, with the, with the Rick Simpson and, you know, seven weeks later I beat, I beat COVID and, you know, I still deal with some of the side effects of that. But, you know, once I could get rid of the COVID, I felt like, okay, my mindset was I could go back to battling my cancer now. And I went in for my scan because they wanted to see kind of what happened during that time. And the cancer actually had shrunk even more just yeah. with the RSO. Yeah. Which was shocking. Jen, shocking. you said uh, a few moments ago that you're in the pharmaceutical industry and you're drug tested. Have you been drug tested since you started taking the cannabis oil? I haven't. So I'll tell you, um, when I started with the cannabis, I was in, I was working and, uh, I had already gotten my drug test for that job when I, when I began. And then thankfully I just, to be honest with you, I didn't get pulled for another one. And then when COVID hit, we all got laid off. So I really just, it was a gift from the universe COVID kind of for me, it was a gift from the universe because I couldn't work because you know, I got COVID, but also my company shut, you know, the company laid all sales reps off because no one could get into the offices. So it literally has given me a year just to focus on me and treating my cancer the way I finally wanted to 
wanted to do without any restrictions. It's like the gloves were the universe took the gloves off and allowed me to really fight it. And uh, it worked because it just kept shrinking and shrinking and right up until when you opened up our conversation. Um, right. It was actually just right after Christmas. I had my scan just before Christmas, but didn't get the results until, um, a few days after Christmas Mm -hmm. and, um, miraculously I'm in a good place right now and I'm just going to hold on to that and continue on my Rick and let's hope it stays that way. Jen, take us back to the very first time that you were diagnosed with cancer. How old were you? I was 23 years old. I was uh, living in Boston. I just graduated from college and uh, actually right after college graduation, um, I I lived in Vermont for a few years and then just moved to Boston. So I was in a brand new city by myself. I was a live-in nanny for a family right outside of the city and I just went to the OBGYN because I just needed my yearly um, exam and I went and they said that I had cervical cancer, which, you know, in itself is really, uh, you know, that's not a huge deal. You know, it's a very common, a common occurrence for young women. And so I did, you know, a little surgery and that was, I thought the end of it. And then a year later I went back and then I had cancer. They had found cancer actually in my uterus and they wanted to give me a hysterectomy. That was the protocol for the hysterectomy. And I said, no, are you kidding me? I'm a living nanny. I want to have kids. Kids are, I just really, no, you're not giving me a hysterectomy. I'm, at this point, I was 24 years old. I said, I'm 24 years old. You're not doing that. So I opted to do uh, radiation and chemotherapy to try to, and they did a, you know, a little bit of surgery in my uterus, but they left it intact. And um, I did that. And you know that I thought was the end of it. And a year later, there was an issue with my fallopian tube. And, you know, it just kind of kept progressing. But it, it was always in the, you know, the, the uterus, the fallopian tube, the cervix area. So it kind of all felt connected to me. Um, and again, I just kept doing chemotherapy and radiation. And I had I did have my fallopian tubes removed. And I did what I had to do to stay alive, but never with the hysterectomy because I just really wanted to have children. So, um, I kind of went more aggressive on the medical, medical side of it, you know, in terms of ther- uh, pharmaceutical therapies on the, that side of it. And then a couple of years after that, I had brain cancer and they, an app, actually my eye doctor discovered, um, during my eye exam, I was getting an eye exam done and he said, okay, he walked away, he left the room brought me back into his office and he said, I just called an ambulance for you. And I said, why? He said, I suspect you have um, a tumor in your brain that's pressing on your ocular nerve and you could lose your sight if we don't get this taken care of. And I said, what? And come to find out it was, I had cancer in my brain. So that's when it kind of got, I'm like, what is going on here? How can I have this cancer? How can I have a cancer again? That has nothing to do with anything. It wasn't metastasized. It was a primary, um, a primary cancer. So I did some radio wave treatments and, um, and then it just, uh, again, uh, later, a couple years later, they found some cancer in my bone, in my foot, and then in my spine, and all these little areas here and there. And so come to find out, I did go see a specialist at Sloan Kettering, and come to find out there is, I have a, a condition that is, in layman's terms, it's like having chronic cancer. I just would keep getting cancer in my body, but it was never felt scary, as stupid as that sounds, because it was always found early and it would, they, you know, they were always successful in treating it. And I was, you know, watched so closely all the time. Um, 
But really when things really changed for me was when um, I did get breast cancer um, and then when the breast cancer metastasized, then that's when the whole everything changed and it just kind of started ricocheting around my body and we had to get very, very aggressive with, uh, with treatment. So although I have had cancer for on and off for 28 years, I would say the past 15 of them has been pretty constant of treatments pretty consistently all the time for the last 15 years. Jen, did you treat your uh, condition diet-wise at all or uh, detoxing? Did you do any of that stuff or just strictly the oil? Yeah, you know, um, I gave up sugar. Yeah, so I did I did make some dietary changes. I've not done a detox, and I know Carmen wants me to do that as well. Um, but I did give up sugar a number of years ago and um, really tried to. Apparently, I've heard, you know, sugar is the, worst, the, the feeder of cancer. So... You know, I did, I did make some stuff, changes like that, but you know, you have to understand for me, my mindset, I think because of my, for a couple of reasons, one is my whole adult life, I've had cancer and on and off my whole adult life. It's been, it's been the, the chemo and the radiation and the surgery that's fixed it. And so I think my mindset was just really tunnel vision for that. Um, until, until I did finally do, um, you know, the RSO and my mindset has changed a lot about that. So yes, I do plan on, you know, doing a detox. It's kind of like doing one day at a time, but the only dietary change that I really have made that, that I really do feel like has made a difference is, you know, zero sugar in my diet. Mm, yeah. Even in like the carbs and foods. Those are the big yeah. ones. Yeah. So the oil that you were taking, did you, so a couple of questions about that, because these are the type of things people wonder about. Um, so was this a multi-strain oil or single strain? And did you switch the oil up? Like, did you do like, you know, say oil made from say Gorilla Glue one time and then oil done from White Widow or have you consistently taken the exact same oil and is it a blend or not? That's a good question. I have, it's not a blend. What I have been taking, what I had been taking is not a blend. And I had been using the same, the same oil the whole time. I just recently switched to a multi-strain oil. I think Carmen actually, she's just brilliant. She is. Um, she put me in touch with somebody who's, I think I'm on a mold. I just started a multi-strain. That's 11 strains. I want to say, Um, my daughter, I wish she was here. She would know better than me. You know, she, she's, I told you she's 18 years old and, um, she has, she has to do a senior project for high school. It's a culmination of, oh, she's telling me, I'm sorry. How many strains is it? Seven. My, I have seven strains in mine now. See, she's, she's the genius behind this. My daughter is. (laughs) So uh, this is oil that you're taking, let's just say one and a half grams a day. How much are you doing orally and how much are you doing suppository? Yeah. So I'm back down to just, I'm trying to keep it around a gram a day. I was only doing a gram and a half when I had COVID. Um, so I'm back down to a gram a day and I do, I do a suppository twice a day and orally once a day. I only take it orally at night when I go to bed. So is it like equally divided? Would you say like you did a third of a a gram rectally times two and then orally? Okay. Yep. That's exactly right. And again, I'm not working now, so I can be home, but, um, I'm not, I don't, you know, it took me a long time to get used to it. Uh, I didn't like how I felt on it at first. And for anyone, you know, I, I, I never was a marijuana smoker. So for me, it was just literally like going from standing on the shore to jumping in the deep end. So it was, um, it was an adjustment for me. So I find that with the suppository, I don't feel the head. I don't have the head high. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yep. 
Jen, this might sound like a stupid story, uh, stupid question, but when you first tried cannabis oil and you didn't like it, why did you persevere? It's a super good question. And my first time that I ha- I did try it was the most horrific experience of my life because I made a grave error. Again, this was all new to me, and I was supposed to start with like a 0.05, and I, the first time, went in at 0.5. So I had a horrible experience. I um, I was throwing up all over the place. I was, I thought I was going to die. It was really, really a hard, hard, and then I slept for two days straight. <laughs> um, so it wasn't the best. I really messed up um, going in. But I will tell you, uh, the only reason I kept going, and I really did say this is not for me at first. I was like, you know, clearly I don't know what I'm doing. This is not for me. But I just, you know, for for the first time in a while, I felt like I had hope, and that there was something that was different than that was done. That was that was different than it was before, and. Um, I felt like it was a gift presented to me and, you know, I'm very open and upfront with my cancer to the world and I work and I go on interviews and I have no hair half the time and I'm very open and out there with it. And so with that comes the gift of a lot of people saying, you should try this, you should do this, you should try this. My aunt did that. I would have gifts of, I think one time someone sent me seaweed from the bottom of the Red Sea or something. And it was the most disgusting thing I ever saw in my life, but I ate it because someone took the time to recommend it to me and to care about me enough to send it to me. And so I always tried everything that people sent to me. And I always said, you know, this is something that Carmen was very adamant about. I saw her amazing results. I was scared. This was the first time um, since I had cancer that I really thought this is it. I don't think I'm going to survive this. And so I, it was, it was the last hope that I had. And so that just kind of pushed me to continue doing it. And it changed my life. It it saved my life. And I'm grateful every day for, you know, Rick Simpson oil for Carmen and Jeff for not giving up on me for my daughter for pushing me, um, and saying, come on, you know, you've got to do this. This is for us. This is for me. It's for you. It's for us. Just keep, just, just keep doing it. And I'm grateful that I did. Should mention to listeners that Carmen, uh, your friend, we interviewed her a few weeks ago, and she told her story. And she was the one that recommended you to tell your story. And uh, I think it's fantastic that you you are, because you've messed up the first time, as many of us have messed up the first time. But, you know, if you keep going, if you keep persevering, uh, you'll get over that. And... uh, the benefits of what you are doing now outweigh tremendously the benefits of your chemo and radiation, which I suspect kept you alive for many, many years, correct? Correct. Yes. I mean, that's, and that was always, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I learned, I learned about halfway through my relationship with cancer that is exactly that it is exactly that it was a relationship with cancer it wasn't going anywhere i just kind of had to learn how to live with it and to manage it and to just you know get as many years out of my life as i could and as i said my daughter who by the way came to me through adoption best best gift in my life you know she was she she saved my life too and i had this you know amazing little girl who was counting on me to 
keep pushing forward and to keep doing it. And so, yeah, my relationship with cancer was held together. The glue that held it, that held it together was chemotherapy and radiation, quite frankly, for a long, long time. Boy, was I, I'm, and I'm happy to break up with both, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm glad to be done with the, you know, the chemo and the radiation. And I am, you know, she's older now and she and I, she and I have had conversations and, you know, I have agreed to continue with my scans um, just to kind of make sure we're on task, but you know, I definitely will not do chemotherapy ever again. That was, yeah, that, I was that was it. I was going to ask you, Jen, if you knew then what you know now, would you have foregone the chemo and radiation and and just done the oil? You know, that's a great question. I think at the very least, I would have done them both together, and mm-hmm. then. Um, you know, and then taking it from there, I know when I started with the RSO, I wasn't ready to break up with chemo yet. I just wasn't ready emotionally. Um, I didn't think my body was ready for it and I wasn't ready to do it, which is why I did just add it on as another therapy in conjunction with the chemotherapy. Um, but I was forced to give it up and, um, cause of COVID and again, COVID could have killed me and it probably should have killed me. But it didn't. And it actually gave me my life back because without that forced breakup with chemo, I don't know if I ever would have had the strength to go without the chemo. I assume over time I probably would have. But again, I had such a history with it. It's just it's such a hard, complex answer for to answer for me, just because I do feel like, you know, for me, it was a huge part of it. But with that said, you know, RSO, none of this stuff was really even an option back then. This was a long time ago. And, I, and maybe it was an option. It certainly wasn't close to mainstream or close to trying to be mainstream. But, yeah, you know, I would like to say that I, I would not have done chemo. But to be honest with you, Corey, I'm not I'm not sure I would have. But It's hard, I, to, I, it's hard I, to say, I, isn't it? It's yeah. hard to say, yeah. But I am now. I will now. I will never do it again. That I can adamantly say. I mean, I am absolutely done with chemo. Uh, I think it was super destructive. And now I feel like the first half of my adult life was destroyed by chemo. And now I'm going to spend the second half of my life that I'm grateful to have now putting my body back together after it was so destroyed by it. Do you know, Jen, you are episode 297. And of all the episodes we've done with people from around the world, I don't think we've ever, Corey, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've ever interviewed anyone who has had cancer as many times as you have. No. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And I'm wondering, Jen, having cancer as many times as you had, uh, I suspect it begins to wear on you physically and emotionally. What kept you going? My daughter. Um, A thousand percent. I will tell you the first, um, the first, again, when I was diagnosed, I was in my 20s. I was young. We're invincible in our 20s. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't even tell my mom I got diagnosed with cancer until I was, you know, six months into the diagnosis and had no hair and was coming home and kind of thought I had to tell her. Not because we're not close, because we're very close, but because it's just when you're that young and just starting out in the world, you're just feeling invincible. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And I just kind of went about my business and tried to get better. So I probably will say for during my 20s, what kept me going was just being young and naive enough to think that it's not going to hurt. It's not going to kill me. You know, I just was like, Oh, I'll just have to do this and I'll get better. And then it became my routine. Uh, and then I did have an eight year break where I didn't have any cancer. Um, 
So during that break was when I, you know, I adopted my daughter and, you know, life felt, you know, back to normal. And again, I feel like she, she came to me through adoption and I feel like she was literally the gift that was dropped in my life to give me the motivation because the storm was coming. And when the storm came, when she was, uh, you know, just a toddler, it came hard. And without her, I don't know if I would have had the strength to fight or the, not even, it's not even the strength for sure, but just the, the energy, the desire, the motivation. She really, she definitely saved my life in terms of that. I, you know, I raised her on my own pretty much. Um, and we're very close and she, she was an elite gymnast or high, not elite gyps, but high level gymnast. And we traveled all over the place and I did, I would go there were days where I would go to chemotherapy in the morning, go to work in the afternoon, pick her up at school and drive her an hour and a half to go to gymnastics practice and sit there for four hours while she had practice to drive her an hour and a half home and then feed her and go to bed. I mean, who does that after chemo and radiation? And I'd have to do that every day, but without her, I wouldn't have the strength to do it. So I think my life would have been very different without her. You were meant to be together. We certainly were. We certainly were. And now, um, you know, and now she's, she's amazing. She's going off to college in the fall and she wants to become a doctor. She wants to get her MD and uh, PhD in clinical research. And she wants to treat disease with cannabis. That's what she wants to do as a medical doctor out in the medical community. That is her 100% goal. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Jen, would it be fair comment to say that cannabis saved your life? A thousand percent. Yes, it did. For sure. A hundred percent. And I tell, you know, because of my history with cancer and I'm so public about it, anytime anybody gets cancer, they call me, you know, who, who should I go see? What doctor? What do you think of this medication? Or what do you think of that medication? And I've always directed them to doctors and, you know, shared my experience with them. Now I'm getting calls of, I heard you had success with cannabis. What do I do? How do I get it? How can, how can I use it? And, you know, I'm hoping that maybe, you know, my purpose of being here and having such a great result with it after a lifetime of battling cancer will allow me to help other people just get on the track way before I did, you know, and, and a lot earlier in their diagnosis than I did, because I think that too would make a tremendous difference for, for people if they start treating it early stage, as early in the disease as possible. Corey, I think she's hooked. Yeah, I think so. Yay. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's I'm right. yeah, I'm hooked. And I'll tell you, my mother, who is the most conservative, conservative person, mm-hmm. you know, when I told her I was going to do this, she surprisingly said to me, why not? You know, you have nothing to lose. Let's just do it. And, and, uh, She's been very supportive, but when I called her and uh, when I called her to tell her the unbelievable news that we just recently got, the first thing she said to me is, well, I guess you're forever a pothead. (laughs) (laughs) You're not ever getting off of this stuff. (laughs) Has she tried it? You know what? That's a good question. She has a hard time sleeping. So I did try to get her to take it one time and she was like, nope, not for me. She couldn't, she couldn't get beyond she couldn't get beyond it. She didn't like how it made her feel. So she, I, ha- I can't get her to do a second time. But I will tell you, my father passed away a few years ago. He had a very, very fast, um, fast, fast dance with cancer. He was diagnosed and, and passed away five weeks after. And every day, there's not a day that goes by that I wish that I didn't know about. I wish I knew about this then before, because uh, I think it would have helped him, you know, tremendously. I don't know if it would have saved his life. I'd like to think it would have, but I think it or certainly would have made the journey a lot easier for him. 
Jenna, I'm wondering if your attitude over the past year, I mean, it's, it's shifted 180 degrees. You were not embracing cannabis, I guess, a year, year and a half ago. Now you're totally embracing it. And uh, I think that's remarkable because most people who have an anti-cannabis bias do so because of the propaganda that has been perpetrated over the last 80 or 90 years. And how can a plant that has never killed anyone be brought into suspicion by the medical community and government forces around the world? I mean, it just boggles the mind, does it not? Yes. Yes, it does. And, um, you know, if I just really never gave much thought to it prior, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't know if I had a bias. I just didn't have an opinion. You know what I mean? I just was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I guess it's good. I guess people have good experiences with it. And, you know, a CBD kind of got to be more and more and, um, you know, I kind of was like, ah, oh, you know, I just really never put any thought into it at all. And uh, now I wish I had for many reasons. One, I would have started sooner, truthfully. Um, and two, you know, I would have been, a, I, I really, really, really believe that this is magic. This, this plant is probably the most powerful plant in the universe. And the, the healing power that it has has to be explored. It has to be practiced. It has to be studied. It just, it just has to be, there's no other way. I can't, I can't live in a world where this doesn't get explored more, which is why I'm so proud of my daughter who wants to lead in this exploration of figuring this out. And, um, so I, I, I wish that I did have a different perspective about it prior to now, because, I do have a voice and I'm, I'm not afraid to use it. And I think I could have been screaming a lot louder, a lot sooner about it. Um, especially in the industry that I, that I was representing and, and, and do represent. But, um, yeah, for now, my whole attitude about it has completely changed. And now when people call me and say, I was just diagnosed with cancer or my mom or my dad or my friend or my sibling or my son or my daughter. Now, when they call me, my first, first answer is, okay, we got to get you on RSO. We got to get you on Rick Simpson oil. Do that first and think about everything else after and take some time to think, but start with this now because it's my one regret that I didn't start sooner. Well, it's called life lessons, right? You and I were late to embrace cannabis, and uh, I guess Corey, you were fairly late too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I had smoked cannabis in my late teens, early twenties, and mm-hmm. got paranoid all the time, so I'd quit. So, yeah, by the time I did this, I had to be at least twenty-two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was definitely. I was uh, definitely quite a bit older in my. In my uh, late 50s. Jen, you're from the pharmaceutical industry. Are you going back? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I, um, I'm, I, I, have to, I do have to go back to work, for sure. But uh, I've been looking for different... There's a, there's a company... This is kind of interesting. There's a company, and I can't... I'm spacing the name of it, and I do apologize. Some things I still have a little bit of recall... Um, memory recall things from COVID, because I had brain swelling when I had my COVID. So... Um, but there is a company out there that I'm pursuing right now 
that uh, I really would like to to go do some work, good work for. And they are a pharmaceutical company that uses cannabis in as their pharmaceuticals for disease. And so that would be a great fit for me, I think. So that's that's something I would go back. I would like to go back into there. I'd like to try to combine the two if I can somehow, because um, doctors want to know about this. I'll tell you a really interesting story. When I was I was launching a product in the ADHD space. And I was talking to a large group of pediatricians. And as we were talking about the product that I was selling, the conversation kind of went into, and it was very eye-opening for me, it went into cannabis. And the doctors were all like, do you have parents who ask you about cannabis? They were asking each other in this in this conversation. Do you have parents? Do you have parents who ask you about cannabis? And they're all like, yeah, all the time, all of our parents. And they were like, I wish we knew more. I wish we knew more so that we could have conversations with them about this. And, you know, I thought to myself in that moment, I had just started my Rick at that time. And I thought to myself in that moment, okay, there's something here. So, yeah, I would like to go back into the business of educating providers, healthcare providers, but I'm hoping to be educating them on a whole different topic now. Uh, it's great to hear. Jen, it was wonderful to talk to you. Give your daughter a hug and Carmen a hug for saving your life uh, from us. I and will. And we wish you all the best in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. This was great. And uh, if you'd like to share your story about the use of cannabis and how it has helped you deal with your issues, then go to our website and send us an email. Our website's CannabisHealthRadio.com and tell us what helped you because what helped you may help others. And if you'd like to donate to Cannabis Health Radio, you can do so by visiting our website, either a one-time donation or as little as $5 a month on Patreon. And we'd very much like you to share our podcast. We're on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Apple, you know, all the regular suspects. And uh, the more people who hear our podcasts, I believe, will be more receptive to using cannabis and some of these onerous regulations that have been imposed by governments will be rescinded. And once again, we thank you for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, 
host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did. Thank you.